I want to welcome all those who just joined. Pastor Tim here. We're just really thanking God for the joy he's brought into our lives. If you believe God's made your life full of joy, just say an amen. And I know for some of you, the topic of joy gives you mixed emotions because a lot of times we feel like we, we know we ought to be joyful, but when we look at our lives and we see what's missing in it or what we think is missing in it, it'll make us feel less joyful. Maybe you've been through some hurt in a relationship. Uh, maybe you've been dealing with a health situation. It doesn't seem like it's fair. Maybe you've been working hard and you've still been passed over for that promotion that you've been working so hard for at work or what have you. Maybe you've just been going through some adversity and it has you feeling like there's not as much reason to be joyful. But can I be honest with you? When you, when you really stop and you look over your shoulder and you just take a moment and pause, if we're being honest about with ourselves and we're being real with ourselves, we realize that God's done a lot for us. He wasn't obligated to even bring us into the world. He wasn't obligated to give us any of the laughs or enjoyable moments we've had. That was a gift. Well, we didn't earn that. We didn't do anything special to deserve that. So why not let's just let us all make a declaration today that we're going to enjoy our lives to the fullest, that we're going to enjoy lives. You know, I never really resonated with this verse, though, in Ecclesiastes. It says basically just to... I'm paraphrasing, but to eat, drink, and be merry for all intents and purposes. It's in the Bible, right? So there's something to be said about that. This notion that God's basically saying, look, there's value in just enjoying what he's given you and allowing all that he's given you to cause you to honor and magnify his name. I remember hearing a pastor at a church I used to attend once say that her favorite verse in the Bible was that verse I was referencing, albeit in a paraphrase, from Ecclesiastes, just, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. And I thought to myself, what an ungodly way of looking at life. What a, like, not profound version of a, you know, sort of a favorite verse. You know, at least if she had said, for God to love the world, he gave his only begotten son or something like that. Just something more profound than eat, drink, and be merry. It just didn't seem very pastoral to me. But there was so much merry in it. And I think in a moment like this, when we're thinking about the joy of the Lord, we realize, yeah, why not? Why not enjoy what he's given us? Why not eat, drink, and be merry? Why not think about what he's done? Why not allow ourselves to have a good attitude? Why should every single bad break outweigh every single amazing thing he's done? Why? Why? There's no reason. So let's get an agreement. So we're just going to try our best to enjoy life. And who knows? You might be surprised. The Holy Spirit might shock you. Do something new in your life. And turn that frown upside down and put you in a amazingly happy and joyous frame of mind. Let's give God room to do that today. That He's desiring that for some of you. You know, maybe some of you are resisting this notion, but for some of you who want that, who want to experience the joy of the Lord, He's desiring to give it to you. And it's a joy that transcends human understanding. That's the word God said. Because it can't be contained. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this joy. We thank you for this joy. Wow. God, we thank you for your joy. We thank you, Lord God, because you are so good. We thank you, Father, because you are so magnificent to us. We thank you, Father, because every problem that we have, Lord God, really is just another opportunity to overcome a challenge and to give you more praise and realize that we can really do it. Every disappointment is really an appointment towards something, Lord God, that's really meant to be for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for all the closed doors, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Every closed door, everything we thought was a disappointment, God, thank you that it was just a setup for something greater. It wasn't a setback, it was a setup 
It wasn't a disappointment. It was an appointment. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that our attitude will determine our altitude, Lord God. We'll go higher and higher. We'll go further and further. The more we set our mind and the more we set our heart, Lord God, on the notion that you are good. I have a great attitude today. I pray that all the saints on this line will just start to inherit that amazing attitude, Lord God, that we are children of the Most High, that we have a reason to celebrate, that we have something to shout and be glad for, that we don't have to fake it, Lord God, but we can be really and truly glad, that we can just enjoy all you've given to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much that we have the opportunity to experience that. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, Lord God, that your joy would just completely shine down on your people. I pray, Lord God, that your joy would take over your people. I pray, Heavenly Father, that your joy would make your people new in the mighty and precious name of the one who was, who is, and is to come. His name is Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, we have all now prayed and a Amen. All right. At this moment in time, I want you to welcome all those of you who have joined us all but recently. What is going on? Pastor Tim here with you all on this wonderful evening. You know, I don't know what it is that has me in such a good mood. Perhaps it's the fact that uh, it's February in Boston. It's like 43 degrees, which for those of you on the West Coast, I think that's cold. To us, it feels like I might, I might have just gone outside and, you know, sundays or something. That's how warm it felt for me, given how freezing it's been and how cold it usually is in the frigid tundra that is the northeast portion of the United States of America. But with all that being said, I just want to just mention that I'm, um, I'm glad for you all to be here, glad to be spending time with you all today. I think it's worth the while for us just to continue to move forward with a spirit of thanksgiving and giving God praise for all he's done. At this time, I would call any of our other prayer leaders to raise a hand hitting star five, whether it's... Um, Minister Stacy, whether it's uh, Mother Linda, whoever, if either of the two of you want to jump in with some, just kind of leading us in prayer or reading the scripture, please feel free to do so. But as we wait uh, on that, I want to also just um, lift up again everybody who's here. Just say how much you know I appreciate the opportunity to come into your homes, as it were, and share the word of God with you all. It's really truly a blessing, and I don't take it for granted at all. I think it's a beautiful thing. So just wanted to say that. And let's just continue to move forward tonight um, in prayer. Let's continue to give God thanks that his joy, you know, is with us, that uh, despite everything that's going on around us, you know, we can trust, you know, in him and know that he is doing great things for us. I'm going to turn it over right now to, I believe our minister Stacy is going to share some Words with us. Minister Stacy, take it away as long as you need. I'm using your line here. Go ahead. Yes, good evening. Pastor Tim to everyone on the prayer line. I just have a few uh, scriptures that I would like to read tonight, starting with um, Psalms 23. The Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in the path of righteousness for the namesake. And yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil. 
Our cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the mighty name of Jesus. Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came up to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise up against me, and this I will be confident. One thing I have desired that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted above my enemies around and about me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face I will seek, Lord. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me over to the will of my adversaries. The false witnesses have risen up against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Psalms 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all of your offerings and accept your burnt offerings, Selah. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all of your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all of your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer us from his holy heaven, and with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us in the day that we call, in the mighty name of Jesus. Psalms 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is our refuge and our fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the enemy and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. 
I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Psalms 92, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, most high God, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Hallelujah. On an instrument of ten strings on the lute and on the harp with harmonious sounds for you, Lord, have made us glad through your works. We will triumph in your works in the works of your hands, O oh Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. When the wicked spring up like grass and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever in the mighty name of Jesus. But you, Lord, are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But our horns, Lord God, you will exalt like that of a wild ox. We have been anointed with fresh oil. Our eyes have also seen our desires upon our enemy. Our ears hear our desires on the wicked who rise up against us. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in his courts. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is our rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And last, I'm going to read Psalms 148. And it reads, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heaven. And you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord our God. For he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever. And he made a decree that shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all that are in the depths. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds, fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. For his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the heavens and the earth, and he has exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, of the children of Israel, a people near and dear to him. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, and I thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done. Father God, I just want to say thank you for being the best father, the best dad in this entire world. Thank you for being the creator of the universe. Thank you for giving us the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive in this earth, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for your obedience to the Father. Thank you for coming and redeeming us from death, hell, and the grave. Thank you for just being obedient and just being our victor. And it is because of you that we are truly victorious in every area of our life, not some, but every area for those who choose to believe it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your sacrificial blood. We thank you that your redemptive blood has brought us back, Lord God, with a high price and that because of you, we can do anything but fail. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for being, again, such a wise counselor. Thank you for walking with us through this earth. Thank you for leading and guiding us. Thank you for speaking to our spirits. Thank you for just helping us to, to live 
the life that God has planned for us in the mighty name of Jesus and blessed holy and heavenly angels who do the will of our Father, our Lord and Savior, and sweet Holy Spirit, we thank you for just being committed to walking with us um, in this life. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just can't thank you enough. We praise you. We magnify your holy name. We just we glorify you. We exalt your name. We lift your name on high because you are so worthy, Lord God. And I just thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done, everything that you will do. And it is only in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus that we praise you and glorify and magnify and lift up your mighty name. Amen and amen. Pastor Tim. Thank you so much, Master Stacy, for leading us so powerfully in prayer, as you always do, always doing a wonderful job and always lifting us up um, in a powerful way. So we thank you so much for your valuable assistance here. Um, what I want to do again is welcome those who just joined. I see a couple of uh, new callers just joined the last few minutes here. You just heard from my wonderful minister, Stacy, Pastor Tim here, Unfulfilled Life Church Conference Line. What we're going to do here within the next couple of minutes is take a look at um, devoting some additional time to taking a look at the, God, the Word of God. And then we're going to, of course, open up the line to hear from you with regard to your prayer requests and or just testimonies you want to share about what God has done for you. With that all being said now, I want to just point to, you know, the, the theme that we've kind of been talking about from the, from the outside of this meeting, which is just the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. You know, it's, it's just described in the Word of God as this feeling of joy, gladness, happiness, however else you want to define it, but that goes beyond human understanding. That's what the Word of God says about this joy that he offers. And the reason that it goes beyond human understanding is that it's not a joy that comes from the nature of your circumstances. In other words, the joy of the Lord can be found in people who may not even be having perfectly good things happen to them all the time. Okay? And so we saw that terminology of joy of the Lord used, for example, by Paul in the scriptures, even during times when he was either imprisoned or when he was jailed or when he was being mistreated by people. He said, I still have joy. He said, the reason I have this joy is because I know I'm still winning in life. At the end of this life, I'm going to go to heaven. At the end of this life, I get to be with Christ. I'm going to be in paradise. So, yeah, it might look like I'm going through some adversity right now. But at the end of the day, I still feel joy. And it goes beyond human understanding because nobody can understand it or explain it. They look at me and they think I should be feeling sullen and feeling down and feeling upset and feeling frustrated and feeling like a loser. But actually... I just feel joy. I feel joy because I know where I'm going. And beyond that, I'll take it a step further. Sometimes the joy of the Lord will cause you to feel joy, and it will have nothing to do with the reasons that Paul espoused. It will have nothing to do with even the fact that you're thinking about after this life is over and when you get to see God in paradise or whatever. In other words, God will give you joy for no apparent reason whatsoever, just for the simple fact that he's good. And he can give you joy. And I want for us to be thinking about that and embracing that. Because I think that's something that and I'm giving you my take on this, right? It, either we don't talk about the joy of the Lord 
in church enough, like being joyful regardless of our circumstances, is what I mean. When I say the joy of the Lord, what I really am trying to say is we don't talk about being joyful despite whatever's going on in our lives enough, or to the extent we're talking about it, we're talking about it in a very superficial manner, meaning we're talking about it in almost cliche terms where we're saying, oh, the joy of the Lord is who has the joy of the Lord, but we but we don't really take a moment to really stop and think, like, am I really joyful or am I just saying I'm joyful and I have the joy of the Lord just because I know that's what I'm supposed to say because I'm a Christian? But what I want us to get to is a, is a place where we genuinely feel the joy of the Lord. Like, Paul genuinely felt it. He wasn't talking about some concept that is abstract and, you know, incredibly obscure where he's just bringing it up because he thought that's what religious people are supposed to say. He really felt that joy. He was really in a dungeon and feeling the joy of the Lord and thinking to himself, you know what? This isn't so bad. You know, because even if I were to go back and be with the Lord, I'm going to be in paradise. It ain't so bad after all. He genuinely felt that. And I want us to genuinely feel that. I want for you all to go be able to go home and say, you know what? I have no idea I'm going to pay that extra bill. And it's not so bad. You know, I still feel good. Like God, if he got me this far, he's going to get me further again. Or to, or to be able to go home and say, you know, that medical report really wasn't actually all that great. But whatever. You know, God's great. He's still good. He's kept me this long. I've seen him heal other people. We, we talk on the prayer line about, you know, Mother Lisa and, and how, you know, God healed her of COVID despite her, her, her old age here. He healed her mother. Um, and, and I feel good knowing that God is going to do a great work, you know, in me too. That's the kind of mentality. I believe it's possible for us to have that. I'm not trying to be you know, facetious or corny or anything like that. I mean, I think that that's possible. If, if Paul could have it sitting in a jail cell, like a, a gloomy dungeon someplace, then we can also have that for ourselves. But luckily, it just so happens that the vast majority of us aren't ever going to find ourselves locked away in jail cells or in the kind of situation facing the same kind of oppression that Paul felt. So we have all the more reason to be joyful. And I really am just trying to help us to think about ways that we can bring forth that joy more often. You see, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5 in particular, there's some really interesting takeaways in the Scripture. So turn with me to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, chapter 5. We're going to pick up on at verse 10. I'm going to read from verse 10 all the way through to verse 20. I may pause, you know, kind of midway through that reading to, to give you all some context, but we're going to go from verse 10 to verse 20. And the interesting thing about Ecclesiastes, which most people believe was written by none other than the great King Solomon himself, although I think it's been somewhat debated amongst Bible scholars, but the interesting thing about this particular passage of Scripture, this particular book in the Bible, is that the ultimate sort of conclusion that the writer arrives at is that all things in life are meaningless, he basically said. He says it's all meaningless. All our hard work, all our toiling, it's meaningless. I've amassed the wealth and I've amassed homes and I've amassed, you know, I've had everything a person could want in this life and yet I just feel like it's all so meaningless. Like what was the point of it all? It didn't really seem to hit the mark, didn't seem to scratch the itch I had for more. I guess the more I amassed, the more I wanted, then I would attain even that which I had wanted. And I just realized it didn't make me feel really any better, to be honest. 
And so some people finish reading this book feeling like, wow, you know, nothing really has any meaning. But I believe there are some nuggets of truth within this book that are very, very helpful for us and can even be utilized to help each and every single one of us understand how to have a more joyful life. And so I'm going to read, and it's very practical, by the way. It's not like, you know, deep spiritual teaching. It's not like I'm, you have to be a mystic or something to understand this stuff. This that we're about to read is very practical. It says here, first, um, let's read about the initial sentiment I was talking about regarding meaninglessness. Then let's move forward to talk about joy. But bear with me. So we're in Ecclesiastes 5.10. It says, those who love money will never have enough. How absurd to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what's the advantage of wealth? Except perhaps to watch it run through your fingers. So here right here you have a really, really interesting collection of words here. So many people think success amounts to how much you have earned and wealth. But here, this person of immense influence, wealth, and stature says, it's literally absurd, ridiculous, preposterous to think that wealth brings true happiness. Because honestly, the more you have, the more people will come help you spend it. Ain't that the truth? But reading ahead, verse 12, it says, people who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich are always worrying and seldom get a good night's sleep. There's another serious problem I've seen in the world. Riches are sometimes hoarded to the harm of the saver, or they are put into risky investments that turn sour, and everything is lost. In the end, there is nothing left to pass on to one's children. People who live only for wealth come to the end of their lives as naked and empty-handed as on the day they were born. And this, too, is a very serious problem. As people come into this world, so they depart. All their hard work is for nothing. They have been working for the wind, and everything will be swept away. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Now, I promise you it gets better. You're going to read ahead in a moment, but I want to pause there and think about that for a second. People who live only for wealth come to the end of their lives naked and empty-handed, just like they were on the day they were born. You see, it's very interesting because I think inherently or intrinsically we all know that. We know that wealth isn't everything. But the Bible takes it a step further. It doesn't say that wealth isn't everything. It says wealth, it's absurd to think that if you were wealthier, you'd be happier. It doesn't say, you know, well, wealth won't make you happy. It says it's stupid to think that if you were wealthier, you'd be happier. That's actually what the Word of God says. Because happiness doesn't really come from just wealth alone. Joy doesn't necessarily come from that. There's many factors that contribute to that. And most scientific studies show actually that it has a lot more to do with the nature of people's relationships with others, their, their marriage, their relationship with their kids, their relationship with various other people. There's a study out of Harvard that actually proves that they did a study on, on people's level of happiness, so what people would, in a survey, state their level of happiness was. And they said that after a certain threshold that really wasn't actually that, you know, that astronomical. It was, I think mean, it was something like a household income of 75K. No matter how much more a person made, they would not report a higher degree of happiness. You could be 
a person making a million dollars a year to a person making $3 billion a year. It had zero impact on their happiness. They were about as happy as any middle class or in some cases even below middle class person in the United States of America. It had zero bearing on their happiness. And so it debunked the myth that if I had more wealth, then I would just be happier. They said, actually, the study found that people who had higher markings on happiness were people who had other things going for them, like relationships. Like I said, in mainly it had to do with relationships. Now, with that being said, um, we read ahead because, again, it, it, you can finish this verse feeling like, wow, you know, woe is me, all is lost. You know, life is meaningless and pursuit of wealth will lead me to basically nowhere, an endless path. But interestingly, verses 18 through 20 sheds light on something that I think none of us should lose sight of. No, help us to live life full of joy. It says, even so, so after all this that this person has learned, all this meaninglessness, all this chasing the wind, all this chasing wealth, and it leads to nothing, the person ends, <laughs> the writer ends in verse 18 saying this, even so, I have noticed at least one thing that is good. It is good for people to eat well, drink a good glass of wine, and enjoy their work, whatever they do under the sun, for however God lets them live. And it is good thing, it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, that is indeed a gift from God. People who do this rarely look with sorrow on the past, for God has given them reasons for joy. Now that, my friends, is one heck of a verse and a piece of wisdom from the Lord. It says, do you want to know how to live a life full of joy? It says, eat well, enjoy a glass of whatever it is that you drink, albeit in moderation, mind you, <laughs> and enjoy your work, whatever you do under the sun however God lets you do it. He said, people who do that aren't sorry about what the past held for them because they realize that God gave them a reason for joy. So, as we were saying earlier, what's the moral of this verse of Scripture? You could summate it or boil it down into eat, drink, and be merry. It doesn't sound very biblical. It doesn't sound like it's very philosophically enlightening, but in the word and there for a reason. And my prayer for you all is that you would be able to realize that God's giving you a reason for joy. That's my hope for you, that you would know that God gave you a reason for joy. And I hope that you will spend time with your loved ones. Enjoy some time with them. Eat a good meal. Grab a cold drink. And just take some time just to relax. And thank God for what he has given you. And to enjoy the work he's given you also. That's my prayer for you. So, 
With that being said, I'm going to pray over us all today concerning that, just to joy the Lord, that we would embrace it. But I would also say if anybody has a prayer request, if anyone has a praise report, hit star five. Now is that time when I want to be lifting you all up in prayer. So hit star five on your phone. But I'll open us up with some prayers here. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, God, for giving us a reason for joy. I ask the Lord that you would bless your children, guard their hearts, and help us to enjoy time with our loved ones, enjoy some good meals, enjoy a good drink, enjoy a good laugh, and find ourselves, Lord God, firmly planted next to you and with those, Lord God, that you've given us to enjoy this life with. We love you, Lord, and we appreciate you. And we ask, Father, that the joy of the Lord will shine through in our lives. I pray that your children, Lord God, will have the opportunity to realize how good they have it. None of us have it perfectly well, Lord God. We can always look around or look over our shoulder and find someone we think has it better than us in life. But you know what, Lord? At the end of the day, we have no reason to be afraid. Life's good. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, amen. With that being said, I don't see any hands up for prayer, but I will close us in a prayer. And we would like to close with a prayer uh, around the topic of just protection. God is so powerful and he wants so much for us. The enemy of our souls is always working to try to cause issues. And there is a certain level we rise to where, you know, we significantly mitigate the amount of damage he can realistically do because really the Lord has defanged him for all intents and purposes. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't always spend time praying for protection for our families and our households. I want to do that now. Um, Heavenly Father, I just ask, Lord God, that you would know that we're grateful to you. And we thank you, Lord God, that the enemy is defeated. We ask, Heavenly Father, right now, that as we get ready for bed, that you just guard us and protect us. Look over us, God, and, and watch us right now, Lord God. Asking, Heavenly Father, that you would just keep us safe from all evil. Protect our minds, our bodies, and our souls. Help us to think, Lord God, with purity and intentionality. We love you, Jesus, and you are our Father. We love you, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Help us to sleep well, to rest, for free of anxiety and worries. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Again, Pastor Tim with you all. Always a pleasure. Before we close for the night, just want to remind you all, Pastor Avenel's birthday this upcoming weekend. Um, if you want to shower love on her, definitely let her know uh, how much you appreciate her. Uh, if you join one of the other sessions during the week, let her know, give her a shout-out. You can also show your support by um, giving to the ministry specifically for the purposes of the Africa outreach that we're doing, um, providing food, supplies, and things of that nature. I know that, that would warm Pastor Avenel's heart. So if you have the opportunity, fulfill www.fulfillchurch.com. You can give online um, or you can call in. Um, and then give that way as well. So um, I think that um, we're looking forward to hearing from you all. And it's been a great night, and I'm grateful. I hope the joy of the Lord will always be with you. I'm going to unmute the line so we can say goodnight to each other now. Nice, y'all. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Have a blessed night, night, everyone. Sweet dreams. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, y'all.
Good night, everyone. God bless y'all. Sweet dream in Jesus' name. Same to you. Love y'all. Good night, Mama. We love you more. Amen. Love you all. God bless you. God bless you too.